Hello, and you are back in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. This is our 40th episode, and today we'll be discussing using spring-loaded pills to lose weight and Germany gearing up to protest. So we'll get right into it with the first topic. Uh, I saw this browsing X, formerly Twitter, I guess I guess that's how we'll say it, uh, about a new weight loss pill and it's apparently cost effective so i got the article from forbes here it's in the description if you want to read along and the headline is new vibrating pill may be a cost effective option to aid weight loss study finds so this is a first of its kind vibrating pill so you basically take it about um it's a vibrating ingestible bioelectronic stimulator vibes so you take it about 20 to 30 minutes before eating on an empty stomach and then the outer casing of the pill dissolves and you'll have this spring bouncing around in your stomach and that's supposed to activate the stretch receptors of your stomach and that'll indicate to your brain that you're full. Obviously ridiculous in in my mind. I I don't see, you know, a swallowing a, a spring that's bouncing around in your stomach and doing that every day isn't going to end up with some sort of ulcer or or messing uh, you up but you know they gave it to pigs and the pigs lost weight the pigs didn't have any negative health effects from it so of course it's all good to go they'll do human trials they'll push it on to people like they pushed uh, Ozempic on to people and that's caused a lot of uh, health effects because it's a um, very harsh pharmaceutical that well, I'm talking about Ozempic, Wagovi, whatever you want, want to mention, that um, stimulates the, I think it's Agonist uh, GN1 receptor, um, and that's that's responsible, it helps regulate hunger, and it's just this artificial hormone that you overload the receptors of, this artificial hormone that you overload, you, you smash the, those uh, receptors in your body with this harsh artificial hormone and that leads you to a bunch of problems with um slowing stomach emptying people have had bowel problems and all sorts of uh, gut issues and your gut health is um indicative of the rest of your health so the rest of your health is going to be downstream from your gut health if you have poor gut health then your uh entire health is going to suffer so something like this vibes pill which is supposed to make you feel satiated after a meal the food that you eat is supposed to satiate you and keep you satiated um for a satisfactory amount of time to maintain a healthy body weight, right? So what we have is food that's engineered to be as nutritionally void as possible, calorically dense, and easy to digest. Perfect storm where you eat the food, you don't get any meaningful nourishment from it, you get addicted to it because it's sweet, it's salty, it activates all your taste buds in just the right way, and then once you've eaten it, you digest it pretty quickly because it's all carbs, just turns into sugar basically, uh, spikes your blood sugar, then your blood sugar crashes, and then in order to resolve that, your body's like, I'm hungry. And it's also like, I don't have any fat-soluble vitamins, I don't have any minerals, there's no micronutrients, there's nothing, um, no no protein or fats as well um, that your body can use to build and repair uh, from you know, what you've done for the day, for your lifetime, yada yada. And the... Um, issue there is, is instead of saying like, hey, you need to make better food choices, you need to improve your lifestyle, it's take this pill, do this injection. And, you know, Ozempic's what's been pushed 
on the people before, but this vibes pill is what's going to be pushed on the people, assuming it goes through all the testing, you know, get, passes through animal testing, it passes through the human trials, and then gets prescribed to people. Once it's in the pharmaceutical system, as in it's a prescription pill, then people are going to get it, because you see that with Ozempic, um, that people who are, are, are taking it to lose like 10 or 15 pounds, like, like trying to just like really optimize their body weight, which is not the intended use of Ozempic, but that's how people are using it anyway, uh, is to lose as much weight as possible, be as thin as they possibly can. And it's just a very toxic thing. And as the pharmaceutical industry advances and people want more, um, ways to, you know, eat their garbage food, sit on their asses all day, uh, but they still want to be sexy. They still want to have that body without putting in the work to get um, th- those results. They're going to turn to um, the pharmaceutical industry to, you know, take away the hard work from them. And it's like, hey, just take this pill. 20 to 30 minutes before you eat, it'll make you eat less, uh, supposedly, if that even works. Um, but th- this is the uh, this is the thing. So I-, I would not put a spring into my stomach um, trying to make me feel full. I just... Uh, maintain a healthy lifestyle, eat food that keeps me satiated because it has, you know, proteins and fats and, uh, you know, some carbs as well. But, you know, you want the proteins, you want the fats, you want the food to have a decent micronutrient profile. And that's going to keep you satiated rather than relying on Ozempic to do it or this spring, you know, in your stomach or whatever the hell um, these people come up with next in order to do that work for you. It should be your diet and your lifestyle that helps you maintain satiation. Also hydration. If you drink enough water, that's going to keep your stomach full. That's going to activate the stretch receptors as well. If you just put water into your stomach and then, you know, of course, you know, water drinking a good amount of water is good for you. But people it's like, well, I, I don't, I hate the taste of water. I'd rather drink a couple Diet Cokes and call it a day. Well, whatever. But I think I just wanted to point out the ridiculousness of that. But we're going to move on to the next topic. And that is Germany is gearing up the protests. So these are the Bauern protests. I saw this on, on X. This is apparently going to go down on the 8th. I see a lot of uh, tractors um, going down the Autobahn and in city streets. are very much organizing. And it's not just the farmers. I think it's uh, railway workers. A lot of, um, you know, industry that's essential for any society to function. They're all gearing up the protest because of not just the COVID stuff, but uh, there's a lot of problems in Germany and Europe. Uh, Germany's definitely very much felt um, a lot of the brunt of the uh, mass uh, migrant importation, and that started in 2015, which I think was like 500,000 people were brought into, I think they were Syrian refugees, brought into uh, Germany, and that's really affected the um, the culture there. There's a lot of uh, crime, there's a lot of uh, sexual imper- sexual um, assault going on, a lot of rapes, uh, you had uh, stuff going on uh, in Cologne, New Year's uh, one year, those in this past year, but this has been a ongoing problem, not just in Germany, but the rest of Europe, and this is, uh, a lot of people are just fed up with it, sick of it, want change, and if you want change, you're going to have to um, make that change happen, and people are apparently going to protest on the 8th, trying to make that change happen. We'll see what comes of it, but it's definitely something I wanted to mention. I wanted to talk about this because a lot, like I said, a lot of people are very much fed up with the way the current system is, not just in this country, the U.S., but the entire uh, the entire world, and uh, Europe especially, with um, just like, like I said, the, the mass uh, importation of migrants, 
the uh, economic uh, issues that are starting to to happen, the oh the extreme bureaucracy regulating farmers and everyone out of existence, all of this um, DI woke ideological nonsense being pushed onto the popu- population as well, all these awful things being pushed onto uh, the people that's just destroying uh, a cohesive European culture is uh, is something that the average person is seeing, having enough of it, and they're acting accordingly, and they're going to uh, protest. And if you have a critical mass, I've talked about this before, of people who are become freedom-minded, make that realization, gather together, and act accordingly, the meaningful change is going to happen. And I do think um, this is what we're seeing with uh, you know the German farmers protesting. You, you've seen this with the Dutch farmers protesting. You saw this with the, the Canadian truckers as well. So this is just throughout the West because the, the Western governments, the WEF, UN types, they want to fundamentally destroy um, countries. The idea of having a nation, the idea of having uh, a strong cultural foundation that binds the people together they want to destroy that and they want to implement this di everyone's in the pods eating bugs with shaved heads and gray jumps jumpsuits uh and i'm sure they'll have to change the color because someone will say that um gray is is, in, is indicative of being a white supremacist and then they'll have to change the color to something else right uh but that that's what we're heading towards that's what they're trying to push on the people and people see that feel that and they don't want that and they're going to fight like hell um to make it not happen and that's i'd say what we're seeing in germany it's what we see in uh, the netherlands it's what we're seeing it's all with Canada with the uh the trucker uh protests there was a lot of uh protests going on in the uh, u.s as well of course you've got france i mean france will riot at like you know drop the hat you know someone sneezed and then they'll all burn down paris <laughs> because of it uh so i'm not surprised you know we had the yellow i think it was the yellow jacket um protests as well uh, in Paris, so you see all these people, these average people who work average, I'd say, you know, menial, whatever, but, you know, the um, blue-collar, like, jobs, you know, farmers, you know, railroad workers, these sorts of people that keep society going. You get enough of them to say, hey, I've had enough of this, I'm not going along with your bullshit, and I'm going to uh, make, you know, my dis pleasure with the government known by protesting in some sort of meaningful way with all the other people that I work with, then that's going to force the state to capitulate to their demands. And those demands being, I want to live in a free society. I, I don't want to have to deal with um, COVID nonsense. I don't want to have to deal with um, criminals running around in the cities. I want to import um, everybody into my country because we feel bad um, for them you know, being in an unfortunate situation. Not to say, you know, we can't be compassionate, we can't help people, but you don't want to help people in a way that ensures your own destruction, and you don't want to open the doors and let everybody in um, because there are bad actors, there are people who won't integrate with the culture, and that's going to create more problems than it solves. But, you know, you can't say these sorts of things because, oh, if you say, oh, if you have a problem with uh, these innocent migrants that are just seeking asylum, then you're just an evil, bigoted racist, and you want everyone to die, and there's blood on your hands. I'm like, no. Uh, I'm saying a lot of these people are economic migrants. A lot of these are young men that just want to take advantage of... Uh, <laughs> 
of women of anybody really and they'll do uh do it by any means necessary and if they can do it in uh germany then they'll do it in germany if they can do it in france if they can do it in the uk if they can do it in um south carolina then they'll do it um if they can get in uh then they'll take advantage of people and they'll if they'll take advantage of people in their own freaking countries as well but you do have people who generally seek asylum and generally want generally need um help getting out of these war-torn countries uh and i I feel for those people i want to help those people and i want those people to be able to be helped but what's going on now isn't a net positive for humanity and it's certainly not a net positive for the citizens of the countries and if you are a state you're supposed to defend the citizens of your country first and then everybody else um is secondary or not you know even part of the equation depending on how isolationist you are but of course the state operates in its own interest to enrich its own power the more broken a society is the more they can justify their own control and expand it and you know creating a migrant crisis is definitely a way to do it but hey you know that's uh you know i guess maybe putting my tinfoil hat on uh, and pointing it in the wrong direction, of course. But I think I will end it there. I hope you guys enjoyed this one, 40th episode. Um, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. I'll mention it again in the outro, which we are going to now. Thank you for being in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe, whether you're listening on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, or Substack. And be sure to subscribe to my Substack velvetroompublishing.substack.com to keep up with Machine to Man and all my other projects.